Hey everyone, I'm Abe and this is 20. Today I'm chatting with Jordan from Denver, Colorado. And in 20 questions, we're going from how was your Tuesday to questions of basic identity and purpose. Hey, what's up Jordan? How are you today? Hey, I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. So we just have around 30 minutes to cover all 20 questions. So let's begin. Okay. So I like to uh, start off each podcast episode with this question. How would your friends describe you? Um, I don't know. I think that uh, for the most part, people would say that I uh, do everything I can to help everybody and uh, that I'm fair and helpful and useful. So I met you um, a couple of years ago and um, through a connection, a mutual connection, and you own your own barbershop in Denver. How do those characteristics that you just talked about um, kind of play out in your everyday life at work? Well, fortunately, I like to think that, um, you know, there's an old expression that water seeks its own level. And uh, because those are the characteristics that I put out in the world, it's the same that I receive with my staff and with our clientele. We've gotten incredible people in and out of that shop, both uh, behind and in the chairs. Is there a person that you have met um, in your tenure there um, that you really resonated with or remember their story specifically? There's a ton. <laughs> There's a ton. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, being, getting, uh, it's sort of an honor, you know, cutting people's hair and uh, because you become a lot more than just their hair care practitioner on, you know, best case scenarios, you know. Um, I do get pretty deep with a lot of them and yeah that's been a wonderful thing hmm. so have you been doing um hair for a long time or was this recently in your uh, last couple chapters in life when did you start um cutting hair uh 1999 so yeah i've been doing it for a lot longer than i thought i'd ever do anything i love it i when i met you i saw this guy covering tattoos and I had never been around um, people with a lot of tattoos and I just really think you're an awesome guy and I just love the way, like you said, you care about people and you care about different issues. Um, kind of share with me a little bit about um, what your system of morality looks like. Oh, um, okay. System of morality. I mean, I lived most of my life fairly hedonistically, you know, if it felt good, I did it. And that still kind of rings true in a way. Only the parameters of what feels good have become much more narrow in terms of how I treat other people. You know, uh, I feel that people who allow themselves and choose to evolve, that becomes more and more the case for all of us. You know, as things change societally and, you know, in more of a microcosm, just with the people right around us, we, you know, we grow and we learn to do better. And, uh, yeah, that's my, my gauge is to just sort of stay aware of new parameters and, you know, new language and whatnot. How have you changed in the last 10 years? Let me count the ways. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot. Um, you know, I had, uh, my son was born a little over six years ago. Um, and prior to that, I'd say that the 
biggest change in my life has been since he was born, you know. Um, but yeah, in pretty much every way, man. Um, yeah, just becoming more cognitive, more cognizant and more, um, intentional mm. both in my communication and in all my, in all my actions. You know, there's still plenty of, th- I got a long way to go, but I feel like I'm, you know, I've been on a good path for some time now. What has been difficult about change over the last 10 years or even recently for in your life? I'm a stubborn bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, as much as I do want to evolve and be a better person, you know, old habits are hard to break, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I do have a poor tendency towards getting in my own way. Um, But I also am very fortunate to have had and continue to have a lot of really good people around me that helped to keep me accountable and help me to evolve. I think I answered your question. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, you talked about um, having stubborn. Um, you're stubborn, and you it's hard to break old habits. What are some of your old habits that you're trying to break? Well, I mean, I've been a smoker for over thirty years. That's pretty gross. I'd like to get rid of that, you know. And I do, you know. I think that it's pretty common amongst people to, you know enter into conversation and relationship from a perspective of the inside out, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that as we get older needs to shed. We need to be able to see from other perspectives other than from ourselves. And I think that that's the one that probably gets, gets in my way the most is, um, you know, I, I grew up with a very, uh, my dad is super stubborn and super, right all the time, you know? Um, and I feel like I sort of inherited that for better or for worse. And it's something that I've been trying to shake for a long time. Hmm. Do you see, um, your stubbornness and your need to be right kind of affect the way you do relationships or the way you do business or the way you even look at yourself? Yeah, man, I've, I've seen it affect all of my relationships and certainly that of, my relationships within business, you know, um, over six years I've, you know, I mean, in the business I'm in, people don't really quit their job as much as they quit their quote unquote boss. And I've had plenty of people quit, you know, I mean, I, I have been guilty of being stubborn and being, you know, sort of, um, short sighted and difficult. You know, these are all things that, you know, I do encourage my colleagues to approach me with these things before it becomes, you know, critical mass. But unfortunately, I feel like a lot of people this day and age don't have the courage to speak up until they don't have any, they feel they don't have any other other choice. Hmm. Um, So yeah, it's certainly gotten in the way in business. What do you speak up about typically? most anything that troubles me, you know, at this point in my life, I don't even have time to, um, you know, as soon as I feel something, I, you know, I check in with myself and make sure it's real, you know, and see where it's coming from. And as soon as I've done that, I try to bring it to the attention of whoever needs to hear it. Hmm. Um, yeah. And I, and I do that in hopes that people feel comfortable doing the same with me. Has there been a time, um, in your, you know, recent past 
um, that you were really troubled about something. Can you kind of walk me through that? Like what were you troubled about? How did you, how did you approach it? How did you handle it? All that jazz. Troubled about in myself or amongst other people? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, I just, yeah. Um, let's see. Let me think about that. Well, I've got a, you know, I've got a business partner and, uh, she and I disagree often, you know, I guess that's probably the, the easiest one to sort of pick up. Um, yeah. And basically, you know, in any relationship, there has to be compromise and there has to be, you know, at some point someone has to choose to retreat, you know, mm. or pursue. And so, you know, I mean, that's something, it's like a daily occurrence between the two of us. You know, one of us always has to sort of bow down to the other, you know, because mm -hmm. the show must go on, you know. Um, so that's sort of the easiest relationship to pick on because there is constant, you know, disagreement, you know. I mean, sure. you know, we, we agree about a lot of things, but, you know, we disagree about it a lot as well. So hmm. it's always that dance of like, oh, I want to keep this relationship going, but I, so I need to kind of you know, get egoless for a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I think that, um, honestly, I'm sorry, I'll just bring this up real quick, but that particular relationship, um, has, I just lost a headphone. One second. Uh -oh. <laughs> uh, that particular relationship has sort of taught me a lot about, you said the word dance and it just reminded me cause we speak on sort of how we've both been able to find embrace and work with, you know, both the masculine and feminine within ourselves in that mm -hmm. relationship. And that has made that dance exponentially easier for us to sort of, um, you know, engender whatever we need to, to find common ground. Hmm. Can you elaborate more on what you mean by uh, masculinity and femininity in terms of like how you view that and how you live it? I mean, how I view it as a very open and fluid thing, hmm. you know, how society sort of views it and, um, encapsulates society in it is another thing entirely. And, and I think that what I'm speaking on sort of sings to both of those, you know? Um, but for me personally, um, I've always found the feminine to be the, where actual strength comes from, where resilience comes from. Mm. Um, and you know, the masculine for me has been sort of, um, you know, and I hate to say it out of, uh, fear of sounding misandrous, but you know, the sort of, uh, worker bee, you know, the, the sort of proletariat, you know, tighten and loosen bolts where they need to be tightened and loosened, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I know that it's super oversimplified, um, but yeah, it's a that I feel like that's a very long conversation. There's sure. a lot for me about gender, especially you know knowing now in 2017 that um, it is it's all in the brain. Gender is in the brain. It's not it does it's not sourced anywhere else. You know, mm. so um, and I think that it's very different for everyone. You know what what those definitions are. Sure, I've always loved your approach to kind of life of 
with this positivity and openness and because I mean we're still in a time in my opinion that we don't really um, have a balanced approach or a balanced view worldview in terms of masculinity sexuality whatever so I just wanted to inject that that I really appreciate your openness um, so I ask this question every podcast when's the last time you cried and why huh um, I cry all the time man um, last time I cried, I was watching Despicable Me three with my six year old. Nice. Uh, I'm I'm super emotional, man. I'm you know, yeah, I cry all the time. Movies, you know, anything re- relating to family, you know, um, or tribe or any of that stuff just gets me, you know. And it's in you know, I, I cry at everything. I cried at that movie. I cried at Wonder Woman with my fourteen year old. You know, I cried at uh, even moments of that goofy little Spider Man remake. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, or not remake reboot. Um, yeah, I cry all the time. Um, and you know, I mean, honestly, I didn't do it this morning, but most mornings when my son's not with me, when he's with his mama, I intentionally give myself a little while to sort of look at the state of the world via, you know, news and such and just let it out for a bit. Otherwise I'm kind of a mess all day. Hmm. So. And going back to, um, you being a business owner as a person who's really, really emotional, like how do you, how does that impact your business? Because when I think of business owners and this might be bad on my part, but I think of like pretty stable, like really, um, like not non-reactive. Um, how, how does that affect your business positively or negatively? I mean, honestly, I, I think that that's smoke and mirrors. I think that if you get to know more business owners, I think you'll find that, a lot of us are, are some of the, I'm not going to say least stable, but, um, least sort of, uh, pigeonholeable, you know? Um, but yeah, man, I mean, how my emotionality affects my business is, um, I mean, I think there's a positive and a negative to it. You know, I mean, I'm able to, I'm fairly empathetic, so it's very easy for me to relate to people, which obviously helps in a person, business, you know, both with my staff and with our wonderful clientele, you know, and, uh, on the other hand, you know, sometimes it is real difficult for me to leave my difficulties at the door, you know, and I have, you know, wept behind the chair through a a whole day or a series of days, you know, and, you know, I've just had to tell my clients, Hey, I, you know, I can cut your hair just fine, but I'm not really talking today. If I say anything, I'm just going to cry and I don't want to get my tears on your hair. So, you know, I mean, we make, you know, we do the best we can with what we have, man. And, uh, yeah, that's it. You yeah. Know? I mean, I do see, I see what you're saying about business and business people, <clears throat> but I'm in a people business that doesn't exist, that can't exist without real and true connections, you yeah. know? Um, you know, I, I depend on my staff 100%. And, you know, without them, I don't have, you know, we don't have clients. If we don't have clients, we don't make money, you know? Sure. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I feel like it's put me at a huge advantage in terms of my crew and, you know, attracting people that want, you know, real connection while they're getting a haircut as opposed to people that want to read the paper and, you know, blindly follow, you know? So, and that's, I mean, again, complimenting you. This is, that's why I really, 
you know, appreciate what you put out in the world because you're just not this, you know, business owner. You're like a, you're a fucking human that, you know, has emotions and hardships and, and all that stuff. So I really appreciate that. Um, can you share about, um, a really impactful moment in your life? Yeah. I mean, in the last year, so when my son was born, um, his, his mother, has another child from another thing and uh her name is Sophia and um that's been my relationship with Sophia has been one of the most incredible and impactful relationships of my entire life and uh this past year she actually asked me to drop the step prefix of stepdaughter she asked me to call her my daughter mm-hmm. and that moment for me was as powerful as watching my son born, you know, it was like the exact same moment for me. And then too, just sort of watching her in her 15th turn around the sun, you know, watching her really come into her own power has also been tremendously powerful for me. You know, watching this one young woman really become who she is has been amazing. Hmm. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, what does the word parenting, how, how does the word parenting make you feel? Uh, wow. Um, I mean, it feels heavy. <laughs> mm. it, it feels very heavy, both because it's something that um, means everything to me. You know, I mean, prior to my children, I was a pretty gnarly nihilist, you know. Um, but existential crisis really went down the toilet the the second my son was born hmm. you know um they became the reason the purpose and it just sort of made everything else kind of a joke and at the same time you know parenting also brings up you know the lackings of my parents and um who are actually in town right now so it's up anyway um that's why the big sigh when you asked me so yeah i mean it's sort of a, a heavy thing i've got it on on both sides Hmm. what did your parents lack growing up for you? I don't know if, yeah, that didn't make sense, but what, what did your parents lack as parents? Well, I mean, they lacked, uh, the education of, um, I won't even say education. They're, they're both college educated. They're both extremely intelligent. Um, but the emotional intelligence that has come from the evolution you know, I mean, I, for me as a parent, what I want for my children is for them to be smarter and better and, you know, more powerful and more in their own bodies and minds than I am, you know. And, uh, yeah, that's something that I feel my parents' generation did not really, you know, um, envelop, you know. Um, and therefore, you know, I mean, there also wasn't, you know, studies to prove how fucking terrible emotional, physical, and otherwise abuse is for the human spirit, you know, as we have now. Um, so yeah, there was plenty that they lacked, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, can you describe your spirit to me? Um, my spirit... Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I kind of did earlier. I feel like um, I am a person who seeks to evolve. I'm a person who seeks to do better. 
um, than I have and than my parents have and than their parents have, you know, um, I, I feel like that's sort of the core of who I am is I, I want to advance in my own body. I want to advance in my brain and I want to contribute, be it through my own doings or through my teachings with my children, you know, and, and at the same time, you know, with strangers as much as possible, you know, I want to be helpful and useful. Mm, that's really powerful. I love Thanks. that. Um, what goes through the mind of Jordan kind of consistently? I mean, I am yet still, but a man, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I'm hungry, tired, thirsty, and horny all pretty often, even for a 43 year old. So <laughs> yeah, I'm therefore thinking about one of those things most always, you know, while simultaneously thinking about the welfare of my children and my businesses, you know? Um, so yeah, it's kind of a lot. It's kind of a mess up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on, but yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we all leave the fucking house because we're, you know, I mean, sex is, is it. <laughs> That's why we leave the house. Why we do everything, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would love to say something more profound, but no, you know, biology is fucking real, man. <laughs> totally. No shame at all. I totally yeah. understand that. Um, if I were a genie, the genie Abe, and I were to wish, I knew I were to grant you three wishes right now, what would you wish for? Um, well, the first would very definitely be more wishes. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the very long and painful, excruciating death of every single member of Donald Trump's racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, xenophile, or not xenophile, xenophobic, ridiculous cabinet. Um, so that's two. Yeah, like real slow, real painful, real bad. Um, Intense. Yeah, yeah, want, yeah. Like firing line wouldn't be good enough for me. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then three. Um, I mean, some money would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, thanks for saying that. Um, so to close off my podcast episode with Jordan, and this is the question I ask every podcast episode what life lesson do you walk around with on the daily life lesson do i walk around with um i mean i hate to say it out of fear of sounding christian or religious or any of it but the golden rule seemed a pretty good one you know mm. that that kind of runs around in my head a bit Sure. What does not, that look? Um, yeah, just be nice. <laughs> be nice. Do do good stuff. You know, grooming for the greater good. Grooming for the greater good. Correct. And that is your lifestyle. That's not just a slogan like you put on Instagram. That is a fucking lifestyle. It's what we do. It's what I we love do. it. 
All right, Jordan, that concludes my 20 questions. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if uh, you listeners are visiting Denver, check out Proper Barber. I get my haircut there. They're amazing. And Jordan's amazing. And he will take care of you. So um, just thank you for your time, Jordan. I think you're awesome. Um, and thanks for joining me on my podcast. Thank you, Abe. And thanks for the, uh, the plug. <laughs> all right. Um, so that's all for me, folks. So until next time, keep it real. Cheers.